0: Hi, welcome to the Bug Plug, a podcast about all things insects, arachnids, arthropods, creepies, and crawlies. I'm Kaylee, and today we're learning about velvet worms. pausing thinking haven't we learned about these before no we have not that was velvet ants that was also the very first episode of bug plug so either you have great memory or you're binging the podcast either way it's impressive no velvet worms are very different from velvet ants so let's get into it velvet worms are their own classification so they aren't insects arachnids arthropods annelids platyomathases or any other bug classifications isn't that cool Their classification is called, how would I say that? Anichapora, maybe? Anyway, it means claw bearers. They've been around for roughly 500 million years and were first identified back in 1826 when they were thought to be a slug. They're not. They have been described as the missing link between arthropods Remember, that's a huge group that includes insects and arthropods, or insects and arachnids, and annelids, those things that are like earthworms. That thought, however, has been disproved, and velvet worms are now thought to be more closely related to the insects than the segmented worms. So to be clear, they aren't insects and they aren't worms. They're like their own thing. Velvet worms are small, live on land, and kind of look like caterpillars with several clawed legs. By being small, I mean they're all smaller than 10 centimeters or in American, they're less than four inches, but most are roughly two to four centimeters. Again, that's just under like an inch or an inch and a half. They're found in the tropics and Australia and New Zealand. Little side note, the first time I read that, I thought it said the tropics of Australia and New Zealand, and I was very confused. They are generally brownish or sort of like a blue-gray with patterns that vary from simple stripes to more intricate geometric designs. Their velvety appearance comes from overlapping scales that makes their skin repel water. The scales also have tiny hairs that are sensitive to touch and smell. They can have up to 40 pairs of stubby legs and they walk with like a flowing movement that's caused by alternating the fluid pressure in their limbs. Their little claws help them walk on uneven terrain and they can be retracted for smoother ground. They also have two antennae on their head, two simple eyes, and two oral tubes that help them catch prey. They are active carnivores eating all kinds of invertebrates like termites and small spiders. Fun fact, those oral tubes shoot slime on their prey to catch them. And it's not just any slime, it's like super adhesive, quick drying that like completely captures their prey. It feels like something out of a comic book. They may use this as a defense mechanism, so watch out if you see one. You'll probably be fine though, because velvet ants tend to hide from light, making them very secretive and hard to find. It's one of the reasons it was so hard to figure out what they are. It's also why the number of species is just approximated. Another fun thing, their reproduction is weird. Basically, the female can hold off on making eggs to make sure they can still reproduce if there are no males around. This happens a lot because velvet worms are pretty solitary. That's with one big exception. One species lives in large groups that hunt together and have sort of a colony hierarchy. It's very cool, but they're the only ones known to do that. Those eggs are different in... Each species, so some lay large yolk-filled eggs, some are small and yolk-free, and then there's basically everything in between. In all species, the young are fully developed when they're hatched slash born, and they look just like smaller adults. Let's back up. I said hatched slash born. Was that weird to you? It was weird for me to say. Some species have live birth and others lay eggs, It feels like we're looking at two closely related, but separate things, doesn't it? There's still a lot to learn about these little guys, so I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out we're saying all 180 species are one thing, when in fact, they're several separate groups. Just a few more things. They quickly dry out, like super easily. So they're most often found in wet areas and are most active in rainy seasons. They're seen a lot on, like, banana and cocoa plantations, and they pose absolutely no threat to humans or other large animals. They can be gently handled and have been known to curl up when held. They live for about five years in the wild, which leads us right into Will It Pet? Apparently, the answer is yes. I found instructions on keeping them as pets on some British exotic pets website. They claim that they're easy to keep as pets, just keep their environment very moist. Sidebar, did that make you cringe? I'm good with the word moist. I can't do the word juicy. That one's gross. Anyway, they also need small live food every few days. So like drop a cricket in or whatever. You know the drill. Always do your research before bringing any living being into your home as it's your responsibility to give them the best possible quality of life. Okay, let's recap and close this one out. Velvet worms aren't worms. They're like their own weird little thing. They're super old, having been found in fossils as long as 500 million years ago. And they haven't changed much. Like the fossils that we found look just like the ones that we still have. It's very interesting. And they're interesting little things. I think I'll just leave it at that. I feel like we learned a lot today. That'll do it for this one. Thank you so much for learning with me. I'll see you next week here on the Bug Plug podcast. The Bug Plug is researched by Kaylee, written by Kaylee, recorded by Kaylee, and edited by Kaylee. The Bug Plug's theme is from Fine Tune Music. You can follow The Bug Plug on Instagram and TikTok by searching The Bug Plug and reach out to us by emailing bugplugpod at (laughs) gmail.com.